0: Welcome to the Vialdawn podcast for Monday, June 8th. S&P futures are extending their gains. They're up about 17 points. That is about 56 basis points. The major European indices are off small in aggregate, but you will have another big pro-cyclical, pro-value session. So autos are up about 2%. The European banks um, are up just under 3%, and energy is trading very well in Europe too. So you continue to have a, um, you know investors very much flocking to those cyclical groups just as they are in the U.S., Asia generally saw gains, although they were relatively muted considering what happened um, on Friday in the U.S. after the jobs report. So just looking out over the landscape this morning, there's a lot of news to talk about. I have everything, um, you know, in the piece this morning. I will say, though, the near term narrative really does not shift all that much. Um, You know, so the, you know, bulls very much have firm control over the tape. I think the burden of proof is very much on anyone calling for a pause or a pullback and the calendar is pretty sparse as far as major catalysts. Um, you know. So I think that favors the current trend staying in place. Other than the Fed on Wednesday, there are very few macro cal- uh, catalysts on the calendars for this week. And as far as the Fed is concerned, um, I don't think it's going to be an impediment. Um, clearly, it's not going to be an impediment. And if anything, it could be another upside catalyst. So I'll have a broader preview out of the Fed later this uh, in a couple of days. But um, you know essentially, the market is looking for clarity out of the Fed as far as quantitative easing where they have this kind of weekly open ended process that's been somewhat confusing and contradictory where they leak out on friday um you know their purchase intentions for the next week, and then also just some forward guidance on rates as far as what will the catalyst or the trigger points be in terms of them considering tightening so um you know those those that those points of clarity are due to arrive over the coming meetings. They could happen on Wednesday, although it's more likely they'll be um, later there in the summer. Um but like I said, the Fed, if anything, I don't think it's going to be a major impediment, and then other than that, it's a pretty clear path in terms of major events. You had a couple of eco data points out over the weekend and this morning. Pretty mild, nothing too dramatic. Mild outperformance in China, Chinese, and Taiwanese exports. German industrial production was a little bit weak, but not dramatically. Um, the OPEC decision on Saturday, they extended the cuts for another month. That was widely, widely expected. Saudi Arabia on Sunday followed up with a large price increase for its monthly export figures. So that's uh, the Saudi Arabian news on Sunday is a real incremental piece of information. Oil is extending the big gains from last week. It's up a bit fractionally so far this morning. Um, you're continuing to see a pretty um, you know sharp increase in COVID numbers globally. They're just occurring in different places, so the market you know has been throughout the entire crisis going back to when it first appeared in China. The market has been most sensitive to Western Europe and the New York tri-state area, and so you continue to see progress in those areas, which is why the market has been relatively calm. But if you kind of just look globally, the numbers are still increasing at a relatively dramatic pace, and they're still rising in certain u s states as well. Um, you know, but I, I think the fact that the prior hotspots are continuing to to trend well, and also I think you know markets increasingly, to the extent you were to see another another resurgence or or quote unquote second wave. Um, I think markets don't feel politicians will implement widespread lockdowns again. I think, you know, to the extent there needs to be some type of mitigation measures put in place by politicians in response to COVID, um, I think the market assumes it will be more targeted, more subtle, rather than just wholesale lockdown. And so I think that's why the markets are, are you know, responding to the news in a relatively calm fashion. You continue to have a lot of political data out that points to an overwhelming Lead for Biden heading into this race. Now, we still have a ton of time to go before November. And I think markets assume correctly that Trump's poll figures will see a bounce over the coming weeks, given that we're into reopening, given that the economy has bounced off of the trough levels of April and rallying stocks. Um, but, you know, I, I do think that that is certainly an issue that the market should be paying um, you know more attention to going forward, just given that he Biden is polling better, not just nationally, but also in the critical swing states as well. Um, so that as far as the major macro news is concerned, that's pretty much it. On the micro front, nothing too dramatic. There was a report on Bloomberg over the weekend, though, about AstraZeneca having approached Gilead to discuss a merger. Um, it looks like the talks are not. In um, you know, occurring in an official fashion, it was more kind of just um, you know unofficial flirting. So it doesn't seem like anything is is imminent. But that is certainly the big piece of micro news this morning. Otherwise, again, relatively quiet for the most part. Um, in terms of the bigger picture, you know, my views are still the same. Um, you know, I, I I clearly have underestimated the extent to which markets would respond to the big three themes of reopening, linear, positive linearity, and stimulus. Um, I also clearly underestimated the extent to which the multiple would be expanding. Um, you know, I continue to think, though, that the market, those three catalysts are more than embedded in the market. Um, and I, you know, I continue to think that valuations are at extreme levels right now. So, you know, we're we're about 20 times plus um, considering, I mean, if you're, if you're going to be penciling in about a, one, a low 160 to mid 160s figure for 2021 20, EPS, which is still quite generous, that is what the index earned in 2019. Um, I know that bulls are now inching higher their 2021 EPS number um, with many people using 170 plus. Um, you know, that feels to me just, you know, that that's more a function of rising stock prices. And you saw a similar phenomenon in, in March, where as stocks cratered, you know, analysts and investors are quick to kind of slash estimates. So you got down to, you know, a 110 EPS number for 2020 in March Um, At the troughs of the market. And now as we rally, you know, you're starting to see estimates creep higher as well. Um, I think just based on everything that everything we're seeing fundamentally, um, you know, it's still a one, a low to mid 160s number for 2021 is still quite generous. Um, So, you know, you have valuations, you have a huge issuance mismatch where you're having an enormous amount of paper secondary and, and and IPOs being poured into the market at the same time as you have, you know, a significant reduction in buyback activity. Um, you know, I, th- I still think there's too much emphasis being placed on sequential change as far as positive linearity, which is very encouraging. Um, but you're still looking at steep year-on-year declines in a lot of economic indicators. Um, you know, the jobs report on Friday was certainly very encouraging. It wasn't as Good as it looks on the surface, you know there's a huge benefit occurring to the economy from the enormous fiscal payments that came out of the CARES Act. Um, you know, so you are kind of approaching a, a fiscal cliff in the U.S. You are going to get a fifth stimulus bill, um, most likely in July at this point, not June. And and you know, if anything, I think that it, you know it continues to head lower as far as what the ultimate price tag is going to be. So, um, you know, I think Republicans have been looking to cap that bill at a trillion dollars. And I think they have a stronger hand, just given what we've seen in the market and given what we've seen in the economic data. But you know, to the extent you withdraw a lot of those CARES payments, you're going to see that get reflected in the economic data. Um, I put out a bunch of pieces, just in terms of kind of what comes next. I put this out Friday afternoon. Um, all the big kind of macro themes coming up over the coming weeks and months. Um, you know, nothing too shocking in there. All the all the big themes and trends. Um, you know, the one big near term. Catalyst for the U.S. is probably going to be these the U.S. bank stress tests, which are due out by the end of June. Although Fed officials have hinted they could come sooner, so they, these could hit any day, perhaps even as soon as this week. Um, so obviously, banks are the epicenter of the market right now. Um, you know, as investors flock to cyclical groups, banks are benefiting really more than anything, perhaps more than, uh, aside from um, you know travel and leisure stocks. So these bank stress tests are going to be a critical catalyst. I'm um, going to have a preview of them in that piece, um, you know, that what's coming up piece. So that is essentially it for today. Um, other than a few very inconsequential earnings reports today, there's nothing on the calendar. Um, and like I said, this whole week, the calendar is relatively sparse too. So that is everything for today. Thank you for listening.